0: Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Chicago Blackhawks edition. I am joined today by Dave Melton from Second City Hockey. Dave, how are you now? Good, and you? No, oh, not so bad. That's a nice little joke for Bill Matts and Bill Matts only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody nobody else will get it, but that's okay. Uh, well, yeah. They, so they we've should got, get it. They should get it, but They should. If they don't get it, it's because they are not cultured like they exactly. are.
1: Obviously. Uh,
0: okay. So game two with the Blackhawks. Very exciting stuff. Um, so Dave, since we last met in that season opener, all the way in Prague, uh, you guys have gone two and four, I believe, when I looked, two and four. Right. Um and that's not super Great. No, no, it's not not good. (laughs) No. So just generally, what would you say is going on with the Chicago Blackhawks?
1: Well, the the first thing you had to understand was that there was a a few defensemen that they were still waiting to get back from injury. Uh, Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy both did not play the first time Chicago and Philly played back in that season opener. Uh, Murphy came back, I believe, the next game. And then DeHaan, who was one of the big offseason acquisitions, showed up a few games later and then it seemed like for the last two or three games, the defense got better. They, they won two in a row. They lost last night to Vegas, but didn't look, you know, they played maybe their best defensive game of the season. So mm-hmm. it th- seemed like things might be on a steady upward trajectory for the team, but Connor Murphy got hurt last night. So, and he's, I think out, they said a few weeks with a groin injury. So maybe the defense oh. will take a step back again. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is that the, The Blackhawks top players aren't quite producing like we thought they might. Um, Patrick Kane has eight points in seven games. So that's, that's pretty good, but yeah, you know, a point per game pace isn't bad, Um, but you know, Alex to only has two goals in seven games. Jonathan Taves has one goal and it was scored as uh, a game winner in overtime. And I think it went in off his shin or something. So he hasn't scored a goal with a stick yet after an 80 point season. So he's really slumping. Um, and it's it's a lot of big names that just aren't producing like we thought they would, especially among the Fords. And so they're not scoring quite as much as we hoped they would. And the defense, while it has been getting better, it hasn't been, you know, they're just not going to have a shutdown defense. So the combination of not enough offense and a defense that's decent, but still not good, um, that combination there has led to the two and four record that you mentioned. And the goaltending has been okay. I think mm-hmm. it's been good enough to win, but I think... The biggest issue right now is they're just not scoring as much as we thought they were at the start of the year. We thought they would.
0: So I'm glad you brought up Jonathan Taves. Cause I wanted to ask you about him because that was one of the things that I noticed very quickly is that I'm looking at your scores and I'm like, wait, I can see the top seven and I don't yeah. see Jonathan what, Taves. What's going yeah. on here? Yeah. So I did see that um they broke up Taves and Kane. Is that right? Correct. Do you think that's good or bad? bad or do you think that's what's going on with Taves or
1: well I mean historically when when Quinville was a coach he never put Taves and Kane together because the idea was that um it made the Hawks too uh too top heavy with that forward line and for m- much of his career Taves was skating on the line with Marion Hosa and Brandon Saad and then when mm-hmm. Sod left town it was Hosa and Sharp so it's not necessarily that Taves needs needs Kane to get him going he just needs I think he needs a little more offensive direction to get him going than he's needed in the past. And he did play with Kane a ton last season. And that's, and I think that's part of the reason why Taves had all the success that he did, but there's just, I don't know. It's, it, there's been a constant shuffling of line mates with him this year. Like he started off with Kane. He was skating with DeBrinket and Shaw, I believe for a while, I think. And then he had Drake Kajula was skating with him for a little bit. It's just <laughs> been a kind of a, 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 just a mismatch or just a random smattering of guys playing with him. And I think they're just, Coach Colton's still trying to just – they keep tinkering, trying to find the right combination, and they haven't found it yet. And I think it's, it's going to be it's going to a season-long battle to, uh, to figure it out exactly how that's going to work.
0: So another thing that seems to be struggling for you guys are special teams. Oh. Um, would you say that's more of a personnel issue, or is that more of a strategy issue at this point? Well, the, the power play is definitely
1: a, a – uh, strategy thing, because they have plenty of forward talent. Yeah, you know, Taves, Kane, Gustafson was a 60-point defenseman last season. Dylan Strom's a good player. You know, and they had a stretch for about a month or two last season when the power play converted at about a 40% clip, which was unsustainable, but, you know, the talent's there, and I yeah. think the power plays looked better. It looked pretty good last night. Didn't score. Kane hit the crossbar in one shot, but they've got a lot more movement. They've had a lot more um, just a lot of better uh, shots and chances. They they had some struggles early on, I think, just getting zone entry and getting set up. It seems like they've alleviated that, so now they're getting better chances. So ideally, maybe they'll start getting some goals soon, but, you know, we've been waiting for that for a while. And then the penalty kill, which I think I've said this 86 million times, was historically terrible last year. I think it was mm-hmm. the worst penalty kill since, like, the late 80s. I think it was the Maple Leafs sometime in the 80s had uh, one that was in the low 70s where the Hawks better. Uh last night against Vegas, I think they had 5 PKs, killed them all, and they just they they minimized a lot of Vegas's really golden opportunities. It seemed like every power every power play against the Hawks, they would get the perfect uh, pass right across the crease or right through the slot to an easy one-timer on the other side and resulted in a goal. And the last few games there's been a lot more a lot more activity among the PK guys, a lot more sticks and passing lanes and everything you need to have a good penalty kill. And it's led to some good results. So hopefully that trend continues because uh, we, we joked last year that they couldn't be any worse, but at the start of the year, it was worse than it was last year, but it seems like they're figuring something out and the return of DeHonda Murphy from injuries might, I think that's not a coincidence that their return led to a better penalty kill.
0: So with your top guys struggling to score, um, the Flyers are having the same kind of problem right now, actually, in that our most of our top guys who we consider the top guys, the Claude Drews, JVR, right. check to some extent, they're also having trouble finishing and putting the puck in the net. Um, but for us, the underlying numbers have been pretty solid. So we're kind of confident because we feel like, you know, if they are continuing to play well, eventually the puck will start to go in the net because that's how hockey is supposed to work. Um, right. But yeah, are- that's what you yeah. think, at least. Yeah, right. So, is your is your team playing well and losing, or are they are the numbers not good, or how's it how's that going?
1: Well, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because I I was looking at Corsica this morning. The Hawks are sixth in expected goals for percentage, but they're also. Yes, okay. Their their Corsi percentage is is down. They're down at uh twenty second. So it mm-hmm. seems like they're getting better quality of chances this year than they have in the past. Like that that expected goals for percentage has been in the negative for the last like five years. It seems. Oh uh, wow, wow. So it does seem last night especially like um I think that was. I don't want to say it was the best game the Hawks played, but there they were it seemed like it was the the best they did at eliminating quality chances from their opponents. Granted, Vegas was playing the second game of a back to back and I think their third game in four nights, and they got shelled by your guys, uh, I mm-hmm. think on Tuesday or Monday night. So I don't know, so Vegas wasn't exactly the top tier uh opponent at the time, but the Hawks had also never beaten Vegas. But um there seems like there's better improved overall play five on five among the Hawks. So I think the long answer to your question is yes, they are playing <laughs> They are playing well. It seems like they're, they're getting good chances. They're, they're not allowing as many wide-open tapping goals like they did last year. And hopefully if that continues with the good goaltending that they've got this year, hopefully that leads to results. But they opened the season after that game in Prague. They had a seven-game homestand, and they've mm-hmm. uh, won two of them and have two more overtime losses. So they've only gotten half the points so far. Out of the seven-game homestand, when we all thought maybe the Hawks could fatten up a little bit and get some wins to boost their record early on, so you know it. We hope it's coming soon because with this, after the seven-game homestand, the schedule gets significantly tougher.
0: Speaking of your Mm goaltending, how long until Robin Lehner is actually your number one? Because he seems to be playing a lot better than Crawford so far this season. Yeah, and also he was obviously the thing that dragged the Islanders uh, into the playoffs. So I'm wondering, in your opinion, if this is Corey Crawford's year to lose that number one job.
1: Yeah. It's I, somebody from our second city hockey account tweeted. I think it was Brandon Kane who did it, but he said something about, it makes sense to start your best goalie referring to Leonard. And I threatened Mm -hmm. to fight him because I'm a huge (laughs) Corey Crawford guy. And so I like, I've, Corey Crawford's been one of my favorite guys to watch for the last decade. He's there's a lot of things. I mean, he got drunk, fell down a flight of stairs at a Rise Against concert, and missed a month of hockey. Like, well, I among just, us. The,
0: am I right? Exactly, and I know,
1: <laughs> like I know the exact stairwell where he catapulted down the stairs because I go to the <laughs> venue all the time. But um, Crawford is thirty. I think he'll be thirty-five on New Year's Eve this year, so he's definitely getting up there in age. Yeah. And I, I think the Blackhawks this year, I don't think they're looking at it as a number one, number two. I think they're going more of a platoon situation, which is what Leonard did in New York with, I think Thomas Grice was the other half of the platoon. And it worked really well for them. So, and I think with Crawford being of age, like I don't think he, you want him playing 55 games a year anymore. I think more in the 40 to 45 range is better. And Robin Leonard can be just as good in those 40 to 45 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have no idea where they would be, like, if we get to the playoffs, who's going to start game one? I think that's, well, first got to make the playoffs. So that's another story entirely. And I don't think we're anywhere near deciding that. I think the Hawks are just going to be riding the hot hand. Right now, Leonard, he made uh, a bunch of great saves against Vegas last night, although he did let in a little bit of a softie with a minute remaining that tied the game and sent it into overtime. But I think the overall body of work right now, Leonard's probably the better goalie at the moment whether or not Mm -hmm. that stays that way through the entire season is uh, a cause for we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I just think the very interesting thing with those two guys is Leonard signed a one year deal and Crawford's in the last year of his deal. So next summer, I I imagine only one of those guys is going to be back and Leonard's, I think 27 or 28. So it seems like this is Corey Crawford's kind of swan song in Chicago. And unless Mm -hmm. he does something, um, plays some incredible hockey, I think he's going to be going next year and Leonard might be your starter next year. But I think for the course of this season,
0: I think it's going to be much more of a plateau thing, a platoon thing. Gotcha. So let's turn to this actual game a little bit okay. that we want to talk about. So that season opener uh, was a lot of fun game wise. It was a real yeah. back and forth it, game. It was very entertaining. The, the result wasn't great, but it was entertaining. Well, for you, maybe. <laughs> I enjoyed it a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a, a back-and-forth hockey game, um, which, you know, it's cool to see your team blow out another team, but also that kind of hockey is a lot of fun, in my opinion. Oh, those yeah. Those games. Um, do you think that this game is going to be similar, or do you think that the scoring lows that the Hawks are having right now are going to lead to more of a struggle to get the puck in the net?
1: I I would expect it to be more of the lower scoring side of the thing um, just because that's the way uh, that's the way things have been going for the Blackhawks lately. Like they've scored the the last uh, handful of games out. They scored, you know, they scored once last night against Vegas. Again, a team that was, you know, running on fumes. And then they scored a lot of three, two and three goal games recently on the schedule. Mm -hmm. So I'd be surprised if the Hawks went off for five, six goals. It'd be nice. I mean, I'm waiting for it to happen at some point. <laughs> But, yeah, and, and the way the Hawks have been playing defensively, because they've been much improved defensively, um, I, I would lean towards it being more of a low-scoring game, though, although we have to add the caveat that with Connor Murphy now being out for a few weeks, he's mm-hmm. one of the more defensively responsible guys that the Blackhawks have, and uh, we are still waiting to see who they call up uh, it could be Dennis Gilbert, who you might remember as I think he assisted on the Connectny goal in the first game. He just handed him the puck and said, "Have a breakaway." <laughs> so uh, he's he's young. He still might be good, but uh, if they call up Dennis Gilbert, the Hawks' defense could be much more questionable than it's been in the last couple of weeks.
0: Are there any under the radar players on the team this year that we might not have heard of yet? Yeah, it's basically well. The third
1: line, two-thirds of the Blackhawks' third line, you've probably not heard of much outside of Chicago. Brandon Sod's mm-hmm. the big name that everyone knows, mainly because he was in the Artemi Panarin trade, and he's not Artemi Panarin, and we've already had that discussion, and we're all sick of it. But uh, the other two guys on that line, and this has actually been the Blackhawks' best line, it's David Kampf and Dominic Kubelik, who they got in a trade. Uh, Kampf came over from Europe. I think he was an undrafted free agent signing. And Kubalik was drafted by the Kings. The Kings never signed him, and then last spring, the Kings traded him to the Hawks for like a fifth or sixth-round pick. And that line has been the Blackhawks' best line in terms of possession, and they've been, it's been the best Blackhawks' defensive line. They played against—the uh, Hawks faced Edmonton about a week ago with the Hawks having the last change. That line was against Connor McDavid's nine, line all night long and completely shut him down. And that was when McDavid and Idol were scoring like two, three goals mm-hmm. every night. They didn't. I. I don't even think they got like more than five, six shots on goal, the whole game. <laughs> it was impressive. So All right. that third line for the Blackhawks has probably been the best line. Like it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the top. The Hawks' third and fourth lines have been very good. The top two yeah. lines haven't been that good, and that's why they're not scoring as much. But the defensive responsibilities of that line have been impressive. So I imagine whoever the the top line, the top scoring threat that Philly rolls out tomorrow night will face the comp. Kubalik and sodline all game long.
0: Okay, so before we get to predictions, I'm gonna take it back a little bit to more general things because there's something that I was wondering about that I forgot to ask you about earlier. Okay. So I've seen I've seen a lot on the line about Chicago fans kind of getting to the point where they are tired of Stan Bowman and his bullshit and they want him to be fired and someone new brought in. So I feel like once a team a team's fan base gets to that point, you're kind of looking at it can't be too long before they just completely blow everything up. Um, As someone who is still incredibly spiteful about 2010, (laughs) (laughs) I am eagerly awaiting the day that Chicago has to completely blow it up and rebuild from scratch. How far out do you think that is?
1: Well, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it could be very... It could be it could be next summer. We oh. we were talking our preseason predictions. I think of have four people on our staff. Half of us, or maybe even three of us, did not uh, mm-hmm. pick the Hawks to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And if they don't make the playoffs again this year. I I don't see how the Hawks could keep the status quo because yeah. you know, like they already fired the coach last season, and after you fire the coach, you know, the GM's the last guy from the prior regime like everybody else is gone and obviously can't fire all the players so in term but in terms of a full blow up it's like that, that would be the closest thing they could do would be firing the general manager because if the hawks wanted to go like full rebuild you're probably talking about trading away taves and Kane, who were each making 10 million dollars a year and i don't think any team's going to take on those salaries so from a like a full complete blow up i think they're still a few years away from that just because they really can't do it but if the Hawks don't make the playoffs this year, I think next summer you could see a pretty big reckoning uh, with, in terms of front office results. And then, um, and then maybe they try again next year with all these alleged de- defensive prospects they have coming up and we'll, we'll see what happens next season with those guys. But I think this year, just from a, a like saving job perspective and a like fan psyche perspective, they just need to make the freaking playoffs. Like, just, just, and then I just—I don't even know if they need to win a series. Just get there again because it's—it's uh, it's been two seasons without the playoffs, and then the year before that they were swept out, so it was like they weren't even there anyway. So basically, yeah, like, uh, three years without playoff, uh, winning a single playoff game, and they just—they just need to get there again because it's been—it's uh, been too long without it. And for they keep saying that the goal is to make the playoffs and be a competitive team, but they're not getting there. So at some point, like it, it really feels. From my perspective, it seems like if they don't make the playoffs this year, Stan Bowman's job is very much in trouble. But we'll see what happens.
0: It's it's pretty wild how quickly it turns from, hey, hockey is fun, to, like, begging all of the gods that your team just makes the goddamn playoffs and something good happens. It's just, like – because that's where we are at this point, too. Like, we just want this team to comfortably make the playoffs. And then maybe (laughs) – just maybe win a series like that in itself is just like it seems so far off in the distance, but I want it so badly. Oh, I like the the entire
1: perspective I have of the Blackhawks changed in one game. It was uh, game three of the Predator series where they got swept where that that whole regular season, like the Hawks dominated during the regular season. Well, I sh- shouldn't say dominate, but they had, I think, the best record in the West. And they they drew Nashville, and I was already, like, clearing my schedule through June. I figured they were going to – because the Western Conference wasn't great that year. I thought they were going to roll to the cup. And then I think that was – I can't remember if it was Tampa or Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh. Somebody in the East was terrifying that year, and I wasn't sure if the Hawks could beat them. But I was like, oh, they're going to get to the cup. It's just a matter of whether or not they win. And then they lost the first two games against Nashville. And then the third game, they just had, like, a complete meltdown at the end of the game, like um, just like slashes fights after every whistle which wasn't really something the Hawks ever did before and mm. since that that broke the game that broke the Hawks that, that game it might have been game two now that I'm thinking about it but anyway in the middle of that series they just had a complete meltdown and I've never felt I haven't had that like arrogance of being a Hawks fan knowing they're going to win since that game happened and it was one night
0: Hoggy is so crazy
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I don't playing. know why
0: we do this to ourselves. I, I don't either. Well, I, I wonder, wonder a that lot. a lot. <laughs> we could have picked I something else.
1: <laughs> what else? I, I, I tried picking other sports, but I, we're just not even going to talk about them because they're making me more upset than the <laughs> last.
0: So.
1: Uh, sports are bad. People forget that. Yeah. Sports are so, bad. Don't watch them.
0: Yeah. Back to this game. Now it's time. Give me your final score prediction. Of what you think is going to happen?
1: Uh four two hawks with a late empty netter. So it's actually three to two. Hawks. Okay. And that Taze will get the empty net goal just to so he'll get a goal, but it won't mean anything.
0: I am mm. interested to see where the Flyers go goaltender wise in this game. Mm-hmm. Just because Carter Hart is clearly our definite number one. There's no controversy to be had. However, um He had a bit of of a clunky game a couple of games ago, and Brian Elliott was lights out against Vegas. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they go with Brian Elliott again or if they just bring Hart back in after his little break. That, I think, might have some bearing on how the game goes.
1: So I just just remember Brian Elliott as the guy that the St. Louis Blues would always say was going to be their number one goalie, and then by the end of the season, somebody else was.
0: Brian Elliott. And I know he's.
1: I know he's the Flyers' backup now with Carter Hart. Yes. You know, fingers crossed that for you guys that and, he's, he's your guy. But every time I see Brian Elliott, I'm like, oh, this guy. He's gonna. He's gonna ruin it eventually. Whatever. <laughs> whatever role he's <laughs>
0: supposed to have, it's not gonna work out for him. He is perfectly fine so long as you don't play him enough games to get himself injured, which he does There you often. go. So there you go. Yeah. So hopefully. It's not too many games in a row for Brian Elliott because I, f- I feel like if you play him any more than like three in a row, then your chances of him just like completely collapsing are very high. But I don't see that happening unless something goes wrong with Carter Hart. Anywho, my prediction, I'm going to say, just because that Vegas game was so good for the Flyers, I feel like they're going to be riding a little bit of a wave here. I'm going to say, do you know if we're getting Lane or Crawford? you have any idea about that no
1: because there's a they they're not playing wednesday yeah. and so flip a coin uh, all right yeah i don't really know
0: i'm gonna say four two flyers something i'm going with
1: a real, but real, not, real four to two score yeah. huh
0: yeah yeah but mine doesn't contain an empty net goal it's just oh. a definitive four two definitive oh. four two win and like that the Flyers go up three and then you guys get one and then we get that fourth goal. Then maybe you get another one late in the game, that kind of thing. That's what I'm going with. I, I see, Very I specific. So specific. In fact, that there's absolutely no way I will get that oh, correct. So okay. I, I really exactly. screwed myself there. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Dave, for hanging out. This was good. My, my pleasure. I'll, always happy to, to talk some
1: Hawks Flyers hockey and make Letterkenny jokes.
0: Absolutely. So if you guys want to learn more about the Chicago Blackhawks, head on over to Second City Hockey. If you want more excellent Letterkenny information in the form of gifts, follow them on Twitter, at Second City Hockey. And, uh, yeah, let's go Flyers. Let's go Hawks.